You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Well, folks, it's been uh, another week of missteps with the McKee administration in regards to how they're handling the bridge and the bridge fiasco in 195. Now, one of the things they were doing was they were charging all the local news outlets a pretty good amount of money if they wanted any documents related to it. Apparently now, Governor McKee has had a change of heart, and let's pick up the news from Target 12 and uh, their bridge breakdown latest now as Governor McKee has decided on second thought maybe we shouldn't be charging the local news outlets for just reporting the news. Joins me now in studio and Tim. Here we go. As part of the release of records, we're seeing photos and videos from the major fail points yeah. under the bridge itself. Yeah, hi, Kim. That's right. And some of the pictures, look, we've seen some of these pictures before, but I want to have you take a look at this video right now. This is from under the Washington Bridge, Whoa. where an engineer says a span is bouncing as vehicles go over it. You can see they placed a clipboard into the worrisome gap there. Let's zoom in mm. so you can see the span bouncing. Here it is up close. Now, this prompted the engineers to email a DOT official on Friday afternoon, but it wasn't until the following Monday they closed the bridge down. Based on the documents the DOT gave us, there was no email traffic over the weekend about any of this. Scary to think when we were driving over that. And as you reported, an undisclosed number of documents were withheld from you when you made this request. Do you know what kinds of documents we're talking about? We don't, and we've asked. It took 49 days from when I put in the records request to when they emailed the more than 200 pages. Notably, there were no emails from DOT Director Peter, Peter Alvidi in any of them. Now, it could mean he didn't email during that time period, but DOT lawyers tell me they withheld documents under an exemption in the public records law. I asked them to tell me the number of pages that were withheld and provide an itemized list of what was in them. I have not heard back just yet. And we should note that you had to pay for this, $300 to get these documents, but they didn't charge a different media outlet? Right, and literally as I was walking on set to talk to you about this situation, uh, we got an email from a spokesperson at the DOT who informed us that at the direction of Governor Dan McKee, Mm. he is refunding Mm. our $300. So some breaking news on this situation. But the question you bring up about the disparity, our colleague Ted Nisi talked to Attorney General Peter Nerona about that, and he'll have what the Attorney General had to say about it tomorrow on 12 News this morning. And Tim, have you ever been refunded for a public records request before? I have not. This is a first. Unprecedented. All right. Tim White, Target 12 investigator, thanks so much for being here. Thank you. I think it was Channel 10 that they didn't charge Channel 10. And Channel 10 was then appealing it. Good piece by uh, Tim White and Kim Colonian. Now, I think some of the latest comments from Governor McKee... um, how can I say this? Uh, it's It just seems embarrassing with Governor McKee. This is over, you know, this is now going on eight weeks later where the governor's now saying, you know, come to think of it, I think they should have told me about this stuff earlier. Huh. Eight weeks later, he's saying it shouldn't have taken 72 hours to notify him of the bridge issue. Now, I don't understand, admittedly, why he didn't feel that way that that Monday that this news broke. Why is it this was back on December 11th? Here we are into February and Governor McKee is saying, you know, I'm starting to think they should have told me sooner. Who, who's he going to complain to? He, he's the person in charge. I, I don't I don't understand admittedly what what direction that they are going it doesn't seem to be an efficient one i'll say that but i um this business i mean apparently governor mckee does not exactly believe in the old adage the buck stops here as he is saying you know hey i'm as upset as everyone else i mean the fact that i found out on my phone you're you're the one who's supposed to be in charge I'm not exactly sure the management structure that they're working with right now with the McKee administration, but I would say that's a fear assessment. And on top of that, people, you know, admittedly would think 
that he would be in the know. He certainly has the power to change things. This is the structure that he has set up. Governor McKee, he, he's the one who, I mean, I, I don't know how else to put it. I mean, he's the one that's in charge. For him to be saying, I don't think it should have been taking me 72 hours for them to notify me, you have the ability, you're the one implementing the policy. You're the one who has, in essence, set this this whole thing up. This is this is your management structure. He is absolutely looking for someone to blame, and even saying, you know, they they need to go back more. And how about the latest now, the Henderson Bridge, the old Red Bridge, that's only allowing car and SUV traffic. Governor McKee is telling reporters he should have been in, informed sooner about this. Yeah. That's that's exactly right. Um, everyone thinks that, but but you're the one that set up the chain of command. You're the one that that gets to decide that. So, who exactly is is he going to complain to? Now, the latest now, Rhode Island DOT announced they're going to test a new traffic pattern to ease the congestion on 195 West, starting tonight. Wow. Thank you for the heads up. That's reassuring. So all this time later, now they've decided that they're going to change the traffic pattern. I Is there anyone that would have confidence in that? But I am just taken by that comment by Governor McKee that, you know, the more I think about it, I should have known about this sooner. Right, except you're the person in charge it's your administration. It's it's your structure. If you didn't find out sooner, that's because of you and your people. I, I'm not exactly sure what, what he's getting at with this uh, or the direction he's going. I think he's just floating out different scenarios to try to find some way that he's not holding the bag on this whole thing. So, But this is um, the problem is the situation, it, it's, it's not getting any better. He certainly isn't saying anything that's making anyone feel better. McKee says it shouldn't have taken 72 hours to notify him of the Washington Bridge issues. Hey, you're the one in charge, Governor. You're the one that is calling the shots here. You own it. So if there's anyone that has a problem, it, uh, it begins with you. So if whatever reason he's unhappy with the way things are, are going, he's the one that certainly has the ability to uh, deal with it. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant. Stop in and see Marie, that historic white church. Shop local, inside, all quality products, vitamins, herbal remedies, trusted companies. They understand quality, integrity. It's my health. It's all about your health. Local products, I say ye. Honey, maple syrup, beef fresh gum. You know, they carry over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce plus box herbs and teas, hemp and CBD products, and much more natural skincare products. Stop it in see Marie at It's My Health, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. It's all about health for you, for your family. There's vitamins for children, all different types of teas all different types of spices boy what a difference it'll make shop local stop it and see the queen of health it's marie and it's my health 1099 menden road in cumberland diagonally across from davenport restaurant right in that historic white church it's all about health it's all about your health and it's my health You're listening to the John DePietro Show. So Governor McKee is now saying he's very upset. He should have been notified sooner about the bridge issue. He wants to have a meeting with himself, the person in charge. Let's pick up the story, NBC10. McKee says it shouldn't have taken 72 hours to notify him of the Washington Bridge issue, again, in his own administration that he has set up. Here we go. With that bridge. 
Good evening, I'm Patrice Wood. I'm Gene Valicenti. The governor's suggesting engineers suspecting trouble the week before the closure mm -hmm. should have clued him in right away. That's according to NBC 10's Gabrielle Caracciolo, who caught up with the governor before moving over to East Providence tonight. Gabrielle. Right out, Director Peter Alvidi says the standard practice was followed after those broken rods were discovered here on the westbound side of the Washington Bridge. But Governor Dan McKee today disagrees. So as soon as anybody knew, like, we should have known. But this standard practice. A stark contrast between Governor Dan McKee's take on when he was notified about the issues with the Washington Bridge and that of Rideout Director Peter Alvidi. Both didn't find out about these broken rods until three days after they were discovered by engineers. They came to me um, at midday on December 11th um, and with the recommendation that the bridge should be closed. Now these are a group of highly professional highly educated structural engineering experts who presented me with information that was very evident that we should, for, for safety reasons, close the bridge. Alvidi says he told the governor within minutes of learning about the issue. McKee says he was first texted at 2.52, just over two hours before the state would start shutting down the westbound bridge. But do you think in a situation like that, when there's such a, you know, the, the email said there was a critical finding, possible critical failure, that at least the head of the department should have found out sooner? Well, again, I, only, I can't speak to that, but I can speak to the fact that as soon as somebody know, I should have known. From that point on December 11th, I think it's been handled well. McKee says it was ultimately his decision to close the bridge. Providence Mayor Brett Smiley says he was notified about an hour before the closure. Everyone now waiting for notification about the next steps. What I'm focused on is waiting somewhat impatiently to know what the plan is, how long it's going to take so that we can start making uh, arrangements or accommodations or changes that we might need to make to make this uh, a little bit easier. Smiley says if this closure is going to potentially last years, he's going to think about alternatives and modifications to city streets, intersections, and lights. He says he's anxious to know the game plan so he can start making things easier for people once they get across the bridge and into the city of Providence. Live in East Providence, Gabrielle Caracciolo, NBC 10 News. You know, that's amazing. Um, that's the first I've heard that Governor McKee is now saying it was his decision to close the bridge. Because prior to this, he was basically saying that he was notified it was going to be closed. Now, we did learn he sent what makes no sense about that statement. And I want to come back to this. What makes no sense about that statement from Governor McKee, that it was his decision to close it, was the fact that why didn't he go on television and announce it at 5 o'clock? He sent out the head of the DOT. Um, this is different than what he has said. We do know that that night at 5.20, apparently he left the State House and went to Hope High School to observe their basketball practice. Now, I don't know what that was all about. Um, it doesn't sound like something pressing. I would tend to think that the players could have still, I know he likes to be this whole Coach McKee thing, but if he was the one making the decision, it was his decision to close the bridge. Then why didn't he feel the need to go on the public airwaves and announce to everyone that he was doing? And he didn't do that. That's when he sent Director Alvidi out to do that. So it sounds to me that they still, eight weeks later, they don't have their story straight. Everyone's still trying to cover themselves. I thought Mayor Smiley saying, I'm waiting rather impatiently how many, and it was Mayor Smiley that said, how many years is this going to take? That's very telling. So we're off the first, you know, I mean, when you look now, they were saying this will be straightened out in three months. In the first week, Governor McKee was doing a victory lap where he was celebrating, saying that it's only going to be three months and we reopen and the I two lanes. And that's what everyone, according to him, is excited about. And we've learned that clearly that is that is no longer, and, and I question if it was ever the case, as a matter of fact. So, but this notion, that's how it strikes me. After all this time, he still doesn't have his act together. And let's go back to, this was Governor McKee 
the day after the closure with Brian Crandall, asking a question a lot of people have been wondering. Lives were potentially saved. There's still a lot of frustration. Has there been any discussion of changes at DOT, potential resignation of the director? Yeah, so I'm not going to answer those questions. We're here to talk about an emergency. It's, uh, that's out of line. Okay, so we're here, and, and, people and, and are, no, what, no. You, the you may be talking about it, but the people I'm talking to are very pleased with what's happening right now. And, and anybody behind me right now that we're going to personalize this issue at this moment in time during an emergency, I think that is uh, beyond the pale. So we'll answer questions specific to this topic. Uh, going forward, I don't want to hear any more of those questions. You can take it out on me later, Brian. But there's an inappropriate question, and I'm not going to even uh, even entertain an answer on that. Uh, I have already indicated that I have full faith in the team that's sitting here and standing here with me and beyond me, uh, and that includes uh, the uh, the leadership at DOT. Do you acknowledge that people are? I'm not going to go further on that. No, do you, do you I'm acknowledge? I'm going to ask you to stay on topic. What the people? I think the Mayor Smiley hit the nail on the head. We're here to service the people that live in the state of Rhode Island, and we have recognized that they have been, uh, uh, you know, certainly more than merely inconvenienced, and, and East Providence and Providence in particular. To, we'll stick to the topic at hand, and the topic at hand is reopening the bridge. You've got some tremendous news because of the work that is happening by, by DOT and the contractors on the site. Uh, that we're going to be open uh, for on, a, on, a, on travel both east and west uh, this weekend. Uh, that's worth uh, really acknowledging the, the uh, you know the leadership that is happening uh, in DOT and beyond. Uh, I'll go back to Andrea. Andrea can come. Isn't that amazing leadership? Is there anyone that has watched this situation and would consider what you've seen leadership? Uh, I would argue it's the farther farthest thing from leadership. You, you couldn't be far from the truth. Leadership, because they went to the eastbound side and opened up and changed that direction. And he calls that leadership. That's not leadership. Now, this is a problem. They're still scrambling. This is another disastrous week for them. They can, they can try to frame it any way they want. And now remember, we're just now, this is February. So we are still weeks away from them having any clue what they're going to do. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. AJ, drywall, plaster, home improvement. Call them today for a free quote. You can also find them on Facebook, 401-323-9252. 323-9252. AJ, drywall, plasters, home improvement. Frame to finish basements. What a difference it'll make in your basement. Acoustic ceilings. Look how beautiful your ceiling could be. New homes, additions. Also, commercial rehabs, painting, remodeling. Contact them today. It's a family-run business. AJ Drywall Plaster Home Improvements. Call for a free quote. What a difference they'll make in your home, your ceilings, floors, basements. 401 323 9252 what a difference beautiful walls and ceilings 401-323-9252 you can also find them on facebook it's aj drywall plaster and home improvements for your home or business you're listening to the john DePietro show still no school Newton, Massachusetts. What an absolute disgrace this is, that teachers' union. I'm telling you, I think the teachers should be fired. This is what an absolute disgrace this is going on. This is an illegal strike. They should absolutely be terminated. And why this is being allowed to go on, I, I just don't have an explanation. Let's hear, uh, this is WBZ, given the latest now. Um, on this story that just He's Brandon Truitt spoke with student makes athletes no who sense. Were just desperate to get back to school. On an outdoor court lit up at night, a few of the Newton South High School basketball players meet up to shoot some hoops. Due to the strike, they've not been allowed to practice on campus, and it's been more than two weeks since their last game. It's been tough. They've been pretty crazy, to be honest with you. Elias Kuritzi is a captain of this team. Halfway through a senior season, the strike brought it to a halt. Just as the team was gaining momentum. Really cool. 
strike hits and we're like, all right, we have to keep it going. So Elias and his 13 other teammates have been planning their own practices. Because of the strike, their coach cannot attend. So as a coach, I'm very, you know, proud of kind of, you know, how they've, you know, stayed positive through this whole thing. Um, you know, they've been holding each other accountable, getting to the YMCA um, daily as a team. These guys now have five games within the next week. Three of them are rescheduled, including one on Saturday, but none of them can happen until a deal is reached. It would really be a shame if, like, we had to forfeit some of these games because, like, I'm never going to get this back. The team is supposed to have their senior night on Tuesday. For many of these guys, it's the final chapter for a game they've played all their life. I definitely support the teachers, and, you know, they got to fight for what they need. But, um, you know, it's kind of sad for the basketball season. Uh, I hope and I think we'll be able to make up all the games, but it'd be a really big shame if we couldn't. They've adopted a motto, stay ready, hoping to get back to their season soon. In Newton, Brandon Truitt, WBZ News. You know, now Governor Healy is saying that she's going to get involved or appoint a third party, but th this is, it just makes no sense at all. Look at the laws banning teachers Here we go. Let me hear right a little now, bit more on this. That's all WBZ.com. You know, you know, the the thing about this whole thing is the fact that the governor is even saying that they're going to appoint someone. There's no reason to appoint anyone. They're not supposed to. This is an illegal strike. So this business of that the governor's even saying, Governor Healy, well, maybe we'll get them in binding arbitration. Binding arbitration, this is what part of illegal, don't you understand? Now, let's go to this was the Newton School Committee chair giving an update yesterday, obviously very frustrated. We recognize we need to end this. And you can hear today, the strikers outside. To take our proposal to their membership for a vote, and President Mike Zillis refused on the spot. But he needs to understand there is real damage being done here. To the Newton Public Schools, to the city of Newton, to the fabric of our community, and most important to our kids, the children we are all supposed to protect, the reason the Newton Public Schools exist. That is why it is time to end this. By agreement or by continuing to negotiate while our kids are back at school, just as the committee has offered time and time again. So end this, Mike. For the sake of students with special needs who are disconnected from the adults at Camera. For the sake of families who rely on NPS for two meals a day, for the sake of my kids, for the sake of all 12,000 students of the Newton Public Schools, enough is enough. Thank you. It's all about money. And listen to those people chanting in the background. I mean, it's, uh, it's almost tribal, actually. Uh, what an absolute disgrace. Now, again... What I don't understand, and as I've said, this this is an illegal strike. They this I have no idea why this is being allowed. They should be terminated. They should have been terminated the first day, so or forty eight hours. However you want to approach it, but under no circumstances should this have been allowed to keep going on. So now, although the governor is trying to get involved, and uh, Governor Healy's weighing in. And saying, you know, this has got to cut, but but it, it's two weeks later. So I I um I I don't have an understanding of why, after all night bargaining, they have been unable to reach a deal to end the strike. I, I'm saying they they should have they should fire them. They should terminate them. Governor Healy calls for third party helping to end the Newton teacher strike. I just can't figure out what part of illegal are they ignoring here that why this is still being allowed to go on and why the governor is even going along. What do you mean third party? They're, they're not even supposed to be involved here, meaning they're not even supposed to be striking. They have a no strike clause. They, they signed and took an oath. And meanwhile, they still have 12,000 students out of school. But the danger here that I see is just the fact of that this could then start to spread to other communities and other teachers unions and see that there's no ramifications here at all folks you're listening to the john DePietro show all 
all your oil needs. Make it Henry Oil. Call Henry Oil today, 401-521-0200. Reliable, affordable fuel oil delivery. Call Henry Oil today. Fuel oil, diesel, gasoline delivery. It's Henry Oil, residential, commercial fuel oil delivery since 1947. They also have budget plans, service contracts, lack, lock and cap pricing. You can depend on Henry Oil. Call them today, 401-521-0200. Serving most of Rhode Island and Southeastern Mass. We got a long way to go with winter. Make sure that tank is filled. Call Henry Oil today. 401-521-0200. Henry Oil, a local family-run business since 1947 that you can depend on. For all your oil needs, call Henry Oil today. 401-521-0200. Folks, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. Joining us right now, he is a columnist with the Boston Globe, mainly focuses on Rhode Island. It is Dan McGowan. And uh, Dan, right out of the box, Coach McKee needs a new game plan. You know, I always like to hear what was the reaction you got from that column. I I thought it was right on the money. There's so many different parts of this that really kind of sum up. Um, But let's just start off with the reaction you got on the column. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I've said this to you a couple of times, but I've been somewhat critical of the governor. I think at this point, the governor... Uh, you know, I fall into that class of people the governor just writes off completely. So uh, I don't hear as much from the governor's people. They're not, they've never been the type to really argue balls and strikes over things. They sort of write you off. Uh, I will say more people than expected um, seem to still defend Director Alvin, Peter Alvin. There's still, I think, a class, uh, you know, a segment on. You know, people at the state house who feel like he's pretty responsive. Uh, there are plenty of people who are, you know, who are calling for his head, of course. Um, but, uh, you know, more defense of Peter Alvini than of the governor. I think at this point, you know, uh, uh, both the governor has no interest in defending himself to, to me. And, uh, and I think it actually also speaks to the level of frustration, I think, uh, a lot of certainly my readers, probably your listeners, have uh, with this entire situation. I, I, I don't, I, you know, no matter where you are on the political spectrum, left, right, middle, uh, people are really frustrated with the response. Um, you know, particularly, I think the governor talking last week about, you know, kind of being very dismissive of the wait times on the highway. Um, I think that really, really kind of went up people's backside, and, and I think he's starting to see that a little bit. Dan McGowan, were you surprised to learn that on Monday night, December 11th, after Peter Alvini went alone on live television, that Governor McKee apparently, according to the documents just came out, he then went to a Hope High School basketball practice? I was, uh, and I believe, um, I, I don't know if it was my, I think it was my former colleague, Ted Nisi at Channel 12 that reported that initially a while ago. Uh, I think it's outrageous, right? I, I, uh, the, the idea that the governor uh, couldn't cancel, you know, going to, to a basketball practice, um, uh, you know, on what was uh, particularly that night, just, uh, I mean, as much of an emergency as you could have in this state, um, I, I can't fathom the decision making that goes into that. You know, he took a he, he took a little bit of a beating for, uh, you know, being at the the pizza shop earlier in the day, and you know the 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 excuse there is well, you know, you know he didn't even tell him yet. I mean, the the governor of the state of Rhode Island didn't know that the, the bridge was going to be shut down and then, you know, until maybe an hour before they announced it, two hours before they announced it, and then didn't see the importance of, of needing to be at a press conference with Director Alvidi and instead went, and went to a basketball practice. I mean, again, I know he wants to be a coach, but for God's sakes, I think I, I just can't fathom that decision-making by our governor. Is that just, Dan McGowan, you've covered him now for a couple of years, and I, I can't get it straight. Do you think, is that the people around him, or is that just his instincts that, 
after and apparently he 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 left the state house around 5:20 so he watched i would imagine the beginning of peter alvidi alone live on television and then at 5:20 leaves and goes to the practice is are there people around him saying i don't think this is a good idea or is this like is it a combination it's or it's a it's a great question. Here's my perception of it. I, I obviously I can't say for sure, but you know through reporting and through talking to people, I think the governor surrounds himself with people who do not question him. Okay. I think he demands. I think he demands loyalty, um, or implies that he expects loyalty. Um, you know because he cuts off anybody who doesn't like him. Right? You've seen the way he's handled his political opponents. You see the way he treats the press. And I think a lot of people in that office uh, just don't speak up. There's nobody in that office who is um, who is. Uh, I'm just going to say, there's nobody dumb enough in that office to not, you know, sit there and say, "Boy, Governor, do you think maybe should reschedule this uh, this practice?" Uh, but the question is, does anyone have the willingness to speak up and say it? Um, and then the other thought, of course, is would he, would he have listened anyway? I don't know the answer to either of those questions, and I think that's a challenge that this governor has. It's a very small circle. I'm not sure he gets uh, a lot of honest feedback uh, from people because I don't think he likes negative feedback. Dan McGowan, in your column, you mentioned one of his best allies, and it's accurate, is the East Providence Mayor Bob De Silva. Now, I believe he's almost lone wolf now as far as East Bay sticking by the governor. I, I think that was interesting, his comments to you. And for now, as you put, he's he's sticking with McKee. Yeah, you know, the thing is, is whenever, I, whenever I'm going to criticize, uh, you know, a politician uh, when I'm writing something, you know, I, I really do I, I try to at least make an effort of let me see. Let me see another side of this. Let me understand what, you know, what somebody else might say. So I went to the person who's the most supportive of him, right? And there's no question, I think, that that Mayor uh, uh, is somebody who, um, you know, he helped deliver his province to Governor McKee uh, in the election and has always been, you know, has, has been a big supporter. Governor even announced her, his campaign, if you remember, in, in East Providence. Um, and you know, his view on this, I, I think, in part is... is they're, they're answering every question I have, right? They're, he actually just said, I didn't put this in the column, but I thought it was a really it was interesting perspective, which was, um, he kind of said, I view this as two separate problems. One is the East Providence problem, the East Providence uh, you know, traffic problem, and the other is the bridge problem. And he said, look, as, as the you know, mayor of this place, my job is to care about East Providence, my my place, and I'm getting my questions answered. When I need, you know, when I needed the extra police officers, they said they would pay, you know, pay the extra money. When I when I need, a used example, a you know, do not block the blocks kind of painted, so so that you know you can kind of have, have an easier traffic flow. The, the DOT is coming through and doing that, and so his view on this is, you know, they're answering my questions. Uh, I don't know, you know, like like you're hearing from almost every politician. Well, I think the the quote of the year is, "I'm not an engineer." Right? Everybody says, "I'm not an engineer." I don't know. Uh, I, I can't tell you the, the ins and outs of that. He says the same thing, and he says, you know, if and when people need to be held accountable, he believes they will. That's why he's sticking with the governor. Um, but you you hit it on the head before you asked the question. Uh, the one, because very much, I think, around East Providence and around, uh, you know, sort of anyone on the East Bay at this point, I think, is really fed up um, with the response to um uh, to this bridge closure. Great meal, great times waiting for you at the Coesed Inn, Rhode Island tradition since 1977, 226 Coesed Avenue, West Warwick. They have a large dining room, perfect, maybe a, a group, uh, maybe a collation, lunch. The Coesed Inn, getting a big group together or maybe just you alone or a date. 226 Coesed Avenue, West Warwick. Great staff, terrific food. They're always working on the menu. And they also have a nice lounge as well. You have the market at Coesed right there. They're open seven days a week. I'll see you for a great meal 
make it the coincidence. Folks, again, we're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe, his great column, uh, Coach McKee, we need a new game plan. Just two more questions about that, Dan McGowan. One, what, what is your take on the governor sending Joe Allman over to DOT? Well, Joe Allman's a grown-up, right? He's a, he's a, he was a good, you know, very much considered a very good town administrator in Lincoln. Uh, you know, he has a law enforcement background, although, again, I, I, don't think, I wouldn't read too far into the law enforcement thing. I think it's, it's mostly he's sort of one of the people in that administration uh, that, that they really trust, right? There's, there's kind of a, a – for, and these aren't names that people are going to be totally familiar with, but the governor's chief of staff is Tony Afonso. Uh, has been around for a long time in government and, and in other you know areas around government. He's kind of the guy who makes almost every decision, um, you know, with the governor. And Joe Allman's kind of the number two. He's sort of the other guy that is uh, older, experienced. You know, again, had a long career as the Lincoln County Administrator and in law enforcement. And so I think this is a little bit of a way to say, hey, we we need to do something here. We, you know, by the way. They they waited until after the uh, you know the announcement that the Department of Justice uh, and DOT's inspector generals are you know are coming in and, and asking for questions. I think they knew they had to do something, and it makes some level of sense. Again, he's a Alman is a trusted guy. Um, I, I would imagine I, I know and like I was listening to an interview with Peter Elvidi, and he said you know uh, we welcome this and. Joe going to help with some of the, you know, cross-agency communication and things like that. Nobody likes to have someone come in and, as an overseer. Uh, so, you know, good for Director Alvini to maybe play the, you know, to, to keep his head up here. But uh, make no mistake about it, this was meant to send a message. Uh, I think both to DOT and I think to uh, residents of the state. You know, I think they, I think Governor McKee knows he has been, uh, I think, a little bit lackadaisical in his response to this. And this is one way to say to people, hey, you know, we are we are sending somebody else. And by the way, it worked. Uh, if you think about it, you know, he got coverage on, from every TV station and every newspaper, uh, you know, saying, oh, they're making a move. They're bringing in the director uh, or bringing in the, the, the deputy chief of staff. And so, uh, I, you know, I, I think it probably at least initially kind of works because it shows that the governor is trying to do something. Dan McGowan, you mentioned Peter Alvidi. Obviously, he's on the hot seat. But my question for you is, based on his his background, he comes from the laborers um, with Senate President Dominic Ruggiero could and never mind Gina Raimondo was the one that brought him in for the whole roadworks. Could Governor McKee even could he even get rid of Peter if he wanted to? It's a it's a million dollar question. Um, I think it would be hard. I mean, yes, I think it would be hard. Uh, look, Gina Raimondo. Uh, I, you know, I think it would have been hard for Gina Raimondo to get rid of yeah. to get rid of uh, Peter Alvidi. He's the guy who is you know well connected and uh, has the, you know is really well supported with the laborers. And laborers are incredibly important uh, politically. So I think it would be really hard. The only thing here is, you know, the, if I'm the governor, I have to weigh how much, by the way, I can, you know, pin this on previous administrations. Can I, can I say this goes back to Gina? Um, the problem is the link, right, is Director Alvidi. He made the decision to keep the director. Uh, and so, you know, I think that, I think Governor McKee is going to have to kind of weigh you know, how much he's willing to kind of stick with, uh, with, with Director Alvidi. You know, I pointed this out in my column. You know, it is not uncommon for a governor to, you know, to throw even some of their top supporters in some ways under the bus when a, uh, when a big scandal happens. I was with Roberts, of course, for Gina Raimondo, big supporter of Gina Raimondo. And she was the EOHHS director that after the UHIP crisis. Uh, you know, she was very much pushed out. I'll go back even further. You remember Keith Stokes getting yes. pushed out as the economic development director yep. under Governor Chafee after 38 Studios. 
So, you know, there is precedent to the, the, the you know, the, the governor is never going to step down, right? It's just like whenever there's a scandal at the federal level, the president doesn't step down. It's the secretary of, you know, agriculture. It's whatever else. And that's the same kind of situation here. Uh, but Director Alvide is unique. He's popular among the laborers. He's very popular with, uh, of course, Senate President Ruggiero. Uh, and again, I told, as I told before, you know, a lot of phone calls that I'm getting are still mildly supportive of the director because he's very responsive and he's a nice guy and that kind of thing. You know, I, I know Peter very well, and I've even shared with him, Dan McGowan, just quickly, that I think his decision was eight years ago to do this weekly segment with Gene that, that gave him good media skill training. He's actually very Agreed. comfortable in front of a microphone. He was comfortable out in front of television. I'm... Do you need a good plumber? I found the best plumber, JMB Plumbing. Call them today, all your plumbing needs, 401-743-9153, JMB Plumbing. They've been providing plumbing services for years. Skilled professionals stand behind their work, guarantee you will be happy. Maybe it's repairing damaged water pipes, repair clogged pipelines, maybe replace a, a water heater, as well as all your plumbing needs. Call them now. It's JMB Plumbing, 401 743 9153. Nothing throws off your life or your home or your business. When you need plumbing service, you need someone reliable, someone who's professional, someone who'll handle the job and do it right. It's JMB Plumbing. Call them today. 401-743-9153, JMB Plumbing, and look for them on Facebook. I'm just curious, folks, again, it's Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. In the Boston Globe, internal emails shed light on Rhode Island's response to the critical failure. Steph Machado, Brian Amaral, I'm just curious, Dan McGowan, what stood out to you in that in that uh, story? You know what stood out? The lack of information. Yeah. Uh, I was I was really surprised. And, and look, I've, I've been there. I'm, I'm on the team at the Globe, but I watched all of the coverage that every news outlet, you know, uh, went through. And, and, you know, I've been there for really juicy email dumps. Use the 38 Studios as a great example. I've been there for really boring email dumps, too. And you kind of get excited because there's so many emails and you get to write do a story. And I think Tim White at Channel 12 you know, they had him walking into the DOT to pay his check for his, you know, <laughs> I his saw public that. records request and that sort of thing. Uh, I was stunned by how little we learned about this. No emails from Director Alvedi, no emails from his chief of staff, John Igliozzi. Um, uh, you know, there was a handful of kind of conversation about, hey, this looks like a critical finding. Uh, and let's, let's revisit it again on Monday. Uh, it comes across as, as somewhat, uh, what I used before, lackadaisical. Now, uh, it's possible a lot more work was happening. It's possible maybe, maybe all the, all the reporters in the market didn't ask for the right emails. I don't know. But it was surprising to me how little we learned, given the fact that, you know, again, on Monday afternoon, they had to call a press conference to shut down the most, you know, the one of the busiest or the second busiest bridge in the entire state. Uh, it, it was very surprising that there wasn't a flurry of activity and, you know, and almost panic about this. Because, again, in the past, you know, 38 Studios, great example you know, there was so many emails and so much information that came out um, just via public records request and just via, like, seeing emails and text messages. And this time, you just I, I didn't think there was very much there. Folks, also, uh, you'll find out from Roadmap, I'm going to tell you in just a moment how you can get it, how Dan McGowan broke the news, Governor McKee, 45% approval rating. By the way, I believe that was done before the bridge thing really came in, Dan McGowan. So there's that. And then yeah. there's other stories in the Boston Globe. The, the Newton teacher strike is, I can't believe what is going on in Newton. And, and it's, who knows how long this is going to go on or where this is going to play out. Yeah, and John, by the way, what, I believe they're now on 10 days yes. of striking in a, in a school district that pays teachers 
infinitely more than almost any teacher uh, makes here in Rhode Island. Yep. But I, I'm sure where you're going with this to some degree is uh, while Rhode Island is a little bit stricter about about strikes with teachers, it's very hard to strike. In fact, it's illegal. It technically, it's illegal in Massachusetts as well. Uh, if the if the Teachers who are at the top of the pile, who teach the smartest kids and the wealthiest kids in Newton, Massachusetts, yep. are striking. Just imagine the conversations we're going to have in the next couple of years in Rhode Island about, you know, teachers' rights and what they deserve. Uh, and so make no mistake about it. It's not just test scores that we look at when we look at Massachusetts. It's, it's what are they getting paid? What are the teachers fighting for? And 10 days of a strike in the middle of the school year uh, is is. I mean, that's that's longer in some cases, I think, than Chicago, which is like notorious for striking, uh, than Chicago has had. And Boston Globe editorial saying end the strike, and one of the columnists for the Boston Globe comparing it to Reagan saying that they should fire the teachers. And there's also, uh, folks, and Dan McGowan, this is another story to watch. Migrants move from Logan to Roxbury Recreational Complex. The governor's in a tough spot, but you don't make anybody happy by doing something like that. Very much, very much so, John. You're 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 exactly right. And this is uh, you know another thing to watch for Rhode Island because uh, it's just only natural. I mean, the borders are not that far apart, right? Yep. So we're close statewide, and so it's something to uh, be paying attention to. Right now, you know, we ask about this a lot. I know you do too. Uh, we have not in Rhode Island seen a significant surge of migrants, but. Uh, again, if they're coming through Massachusetts, uh, it, it only makes sense in some cases uh, to to also end up in Rhode Island, especially as you start to find out that Rhode Island is a little bit more uh, affordable than, than Massachusetts or New York. One final question before we tell everyone how they can get Roadmap. What is your uh, thought on Helena Folks? Uh, Dan McGowan, she's not that far behind Governor McKee in fundraising for 2026. No, raised a hundred, hundred and sixty or some some thousand dollars without really uh, blinking an eye. Look, uh, Helena folks is going to be campaigning uh, from for, for the next three years, right? She's she's absolutely running for governor, um, and I, I think she's going to be pretty formidable. I think she looks at what's going on. I think she's looking at this DOT uh, crisis and uh, or you know the Washington Bridge crisis and really thinks it's in. You know, it's a bit of an opening. I think what you're not going to see, I think you're going to see her do, uh, you know, a lot of fundraising and very little public commenting because she doesn't want to be the person who's just critical all the time. Um, but, again, you know, starting this early with fundraising means you're going to have you know, a bunch of years to really ramp up that war chest. Uh, and then you'll you'll hit the ground running, I think, uh, probably, I don't know, let's say eight months from now to really, really roll out a, a you know, campaign that will be will be a better campaign this time than it was last time, right? You know, she had those early hiccups and the you know, kind of learning curve of how to be a candidate. She's, she's not going to have those problems again this time, uh, and, and I think she'll be a very formidable candidate. Folks, you hear me mention Roadmap. It arrives right in your inbox. I read it every single morning. It has all links to things, tell you how much uh, Greg's chocolate you can buy with all the fundraising <laughs> they have. And Dan McGowan, right now, if you'd be so kind to extend that offer to anyone who's listening. Yeah, very simple. Send me a blank email, rinews at globe.com, rinews at globe.com. I'll sign you up. It's free. You'll start getting it first thing tomorrow morning. Dan McGowan, great job. We'll see you out there. Thanks so much, Sean. See ya. When it comes to insurance, you need a neighbor, a partner, and friend. You need Chapa Insurance Agency. They're located right on Reservoir Avenue in Cranston. Call today, free consultation, 401-900-INSU, 401-900-4678, Chapa Insurance, SIA. Stephen, very experienced, whether it's auto, home, renters, business insurance, flood, recreational, umbrella, any other protection for your assets, Rhode Island and Massachusetts, Shapa Insurance Agency, your agency of choice. Call today, set up a meeting. They're so knowledgeable, can have everything under one roof. Call Shapa Insurance today, 401-900-INSU or 401-900-4678. 
Look for them on Facebook, again, located Reservoir Avenue in Cranston, Shoppa Insurance Agency, your neighbor, your partner, your friend, One Stop Insurance Solutions. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. This exchange between Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee and NBC10 Brian Crandall, this to me really sums up the McKee management style and his dealings with the press. Saying the credit is due because lives were potentially saved, there's still a lot of frustration. Has there been any discussion of changes at DOT, potential resignation of the director? Yeah, so I'm not going to answer those questions. We're here to talk about an emergency. It's, uh, that's out of line. Okay, so we're here. And, and, people and, and, are in no, what, no. You, the you may be talking about it, but the people I'm talking to are very pleased with what's happening right now. And, and anybody behind me right now that we're going to personalize this issue at this moment in time during an emergency, I think that is uh, beyond the pale. So we'll answer questions specific to this topic. Uh, going forward. I don't want to hear any more of those questions. You can take it out on me later, Brian, but there's an inappropriate question and I'm not going to even uh, even entertain an answer on that. Uh, I have already indicated that I have full faith in the team that's sitting here and standing here with me and beyond me, uh, and that includes uh, the uh, the leadership at DOT. Do you acknowledge that people are frustrated? I'm not going to go further on that. No, do you, do you I'm acknowledge gonna, I'm going to ask you to stay on topic. What the people, I think the Mayor Smiley hit the nail on the head, we're here to service the people that live in the state of Rhode Island, and we have recognized that they have been, uh, uh, you know, certainly more than merely inconvenienced, and, and East Providence and Providence in particular. To, we'll stick to the topic at hand, and the topic at hand is reopening the bridge. You got some tremendous news because of the work that is happening by by DOT and the contractors on the site. Uh, that we're going to be open uh, for on, a, on, a, on travel both east and west uh, this weekend. Uh, that's worth uh, really acknowledging the the uh, you know the leadership that is happening uh, in DOT and beyond. Uh, I'll go back to I mean, Andrea. Andrea can I mean, comment. Nice I mean, right there. That set the tone of how Governor McKee was going to take these questions, how he was going to handle the situation. Uh, that kind of summed up his approach. And then you also had where the governor was saying that people were exaggerating how long it was taking them to get from point A to point B. And that was another thing that just annoyed a lot of people. As you, walk, as you go through that area, uh, what, what's the time frame? Maybe 10, 10 minutes, 15 minutes? Uh, we understand that's inconvenience to people, but we're trying to let them know that that's, that's what they need to plan on right now. But we're going to keep them safe. It's far more than well, it's certainly not tone deaf. We understand that there's inconvenience that's going on, but let's let's be you know uh, uh, honest about it, right? It depends on the time of day that you're flying, you're, you're traveling, uh, clearly. And then if you want to know the, you know, if you really want to calculate the inconvenience on a minutes, you've got to take an appropriate, the same time frame uh, that you would have traveled before the bridge was closed, and how long it would get you to, you know, get through that, and then you know that number and you and you and you subtract that number from the time frame today that's where you that's where it is and i when somebody says it's taking 45 minutes or, or half an hour i believe them but also let's let's make sure that we don't report it as an, an extra you know that it's a 30 minute over and above what it's been in the past governor mckee says people are exaggerating folks you're listening to the john DePietro show follow on the scene live stream that's our facebook live stream page you can go to the website, dipetro.com. There's a link there. Or on Facebook, just find the John DePetro Show. That's where we do the on-the-scene live stream. Follow all the action. Make sure you follow our Facebook page.